is Friday, March the 6th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Warren bows out and COVID-19 marches on. First, the world in brief. Elizabeth Warren ended her presidential campaign after failing to win a single state in the Democratic primaries. The one-time frontrunner had staked her candidacy on detailed policy proposals that ultimately failed to galvanize a large following. Speculation mounted over whom, if anyone, she might endorse in what has effectively become a two-man race between Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. Fears about COVID-19's seemingly inexorable spread deepened as governments and firms ramped up measures to counter the outbreak. Nearly 100,000 cases have been reported worldwide and nearly 3,400 deaths. More than 50,000 people have recovered. With domestic infections in China dwindling, Chinese authorities have turned their attention to travellers re-importing the disease from higher-risk areas abroad. The first companies started to collapse due to the spread of COVID-19. Flybe, a struggling British regional airline, fell into administration after bookings dried up due to the spread of the disease. Meanwhile, the International Air Transport Association, a trade body, raised its forecast of the revenues that airlines will lose in 2020 due to COVID-19 from $30 billion to $113 billion. America's federal prosecutors charged a former president of the United Auto Workers with conspiracy to embezzle from the trade union, one of the country's largest. They allege that Gary Jones was part of a group of UAW leaders who stole more than $1 million to pay for liquor, villas and meals. Mr Jones did not immediately comment on the charges. Russia's President Vladimir Putin met his Turkish counterpart Recep Tayyip Erdogan to discuss the broadening conflict in northern Syria. Turkey backs Syrian rebels in the region while Russia is helping Syrian government forces against them. Mr Putin offered his condolences to Mr Erdogan for the death of at least 36 Turkish soldiers who were killed by airstrikes. Turkey said it would deploy 1,000 police officers to keep Greece from pushing migrants back across their border. Last week, Turkey junked a promise it had made to the European Union to prevent migrants from crossing its territory. Since then, tens of thousands, mainly Syrian refugees, have attempted to cross the Aegean for greener pastures in the EU. And Britain's high courts determined that the ruler of Dubai, Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum, orchestrated the kidnappings of two of his adult daughters. Both were taken back to the United Arab Emirates, Princess Shamsa in 2000 and Princess Latifa in 2018. The court also found the emir had subjected his sixth wife, Princess Haya, who is suing him, to a campaign of intimidation. And now, here's today's agenda. Still more to do, The Economist's Glass Ceiling Index. I am Generation Equality. The UN's official slogan for International Women's Day 2020, celebrated this Sunday, is a touch optimistic if our latest glass ceiling index is anything to go by. Each year, The Economist looks at key metrics to compile a ranking of workplace gender equality in OECD countries. This year, Iceland has nabbed the top spot, closely followed by its Nordic peers. These countries consistently excel on measures such as pay parity, childcare policies and the proportion of women on corporate boards. But overall, progress remains sluggish. South Korea comes last for the eighth year in a row, with an eye-watering 35% gender pay gap. 
Meanwhile, the United States, which offers no paid parental leave at all, comes 22nd out of 29, especially disappointing as the country marks the centenary of female suffrage this year. With women still in a minority in every parliament across the OECD, there is clearly work to be done. Still going, for now, America's labour market. In recent years, the jobs machine has been whirring. Over the past three, America has added 6.5 million positions. The latest jobs report published this morning is likely to tell much the same story. Analysts reckon that the economy added 175,000 jobs in February. Unemployment could fall. But don't take Friday's figures too lightly. The rapid spread of the COVID-19 virus means that things are likely to turn nasty. It was only in late February that people realised the coronavirus was spreading quickly around America, so its effects are unlikely to show up in the data just yet. But it is clearly an economic drag, with restaurant bookings down and conferences cancelled by the dozen. The question now is when the impact of the virus shows up in the official statistics. Unemployment started rising long before America officially fell into recession in late 2007. Next month's jobs report will be crucial. Something in the air. Airlines brace for COVID-19. Flybee, Europe's largest regional airline, operated its final flight on Wednesday. The ailing company's collapse was only partly down to the spread of COVID-19, but it sets the tone for a growing crisis in the industry. Airline shares have plummeted as holidaymakers, businesses and governments rein in travel due to the virus. China, South Korea and Iran were already virtually isolated. Now Europe's skies are getting quieter, particularly in Italy, home to the continent's worst outbreak. Germany's Lufthansa is grounding 150 planes. The panic is contagious. American carriers have begun cutting domestic flights. Michael O'Leary, the boss of Ryanair, Europe's biggest low-cost carrier, calls it hysteria. His jets will be rammed again by the summer, he reckons. But industry group IATA has a gloomier assessment. Its best-case scenario involves lost revenues of $63 billion. If COVID-19 turns into a pandemic, that figure could increase to as much as $113 billion, it predicts, as travellers shun the skies in fear that their wanderlust will land them in hospital. Foreign Influence – Democrats Abroad while Democrats from Maine to California were voting in this week's Super Tuesday elections, another group of citizens sought to influence the primary's outcomes on foreign soil. Their outposts stretch from Moscow to Abu Dhabi, Hanoi to Bucharest. Their activities, if not well known domestically, are entirely legal. Democrats Abroad, the official arm of the party for Americans overseas, is in the midst of a primary that began on Super Tuesday and stretches to March 10th. Republicans Abroad have the corresponding Republicans overseas, but no primary. The Democrats' primary is treated like a state contest. At stake are 13 pledged delegates who will vote at the party convention in July. That number may seem small, but it is nearly as many pledged delegates apportioned by Vermont with 16 or North Dakota with 14. As the delegate race heats up in a bifurcated contest between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden, those votes from abroad could count. Arms and the Man – Brazil's presidential bromance with Donald Trump Jair Bolsonaro is set to land in Florida tomorrow to meet with American business leaders. He may also sign a military deal between the United States and Brazil, which has been in the works for over two years. 
The research, development, test and evaluation agreement, as it is called, would allow Brazilian companies to form partnerships with American ones and will enable Brazil to become an arms supplier to America's NATO allies. The deal could potentially open up more foreign markets to Brazil's defense industry. Although President Donald Trump has not confirmed a meeting, Mr. Bolsonaro hopes to catch him for the weekend at his resort in Mar-a-Lago, Palm Beach. For the Brazilian president, the visit is an opportunity to show his electorate at home that the country is indeed reaping benefits from the close ties he claims to have with Mr. Trump and the Republican Party. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Alice Toklas, who passed away on this day in 1967. What is sauce for the goose may be sauce for the gander, but is not necessarily sauce for the chicken, the duck, the turkey, or the guinea hen. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.